Thank you for listening and subscribing to the Anchor Church podcast. It is our desire at the Anchor to provide a place for you to know God, find freedom, discover your God-given purpose, and ultimately make a difference in the world around you. Each week, the Anchor podcast features Sunday sermons. You can follow along in this podcast episode and read the sermon notes on our website by visiting theanchor.me. Now, let's get into the Word. Listen, as most of you guys know, for the past few weeks, we've been in a series uh, that's simply entitled Spirit, Soul, and Body. So if you're taking notes today, which I highly encourage you to as always, this is part three. Now, I actually want to begin today by uh, sharing a foundational verse from this series with you. So if you can, let's look back at what Jesus told us in John chapter 10, verse 10. He said, the thief, which is the devil, comes only in order to steal and kill and destroy. And then he said this, he said, I came that they, how many of you guys know that they is me and you, right? Yes, it says that they may have and enjoy life. Can somebody say life this morning? It says, and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. Now, I don't know about you, but I think that's an incredible verse, right? So it's crazy to think that through salvation, that here's the God of the universe. He's actually inviting you and I to come so, to Him so we can experience full, purposeful, meaningful, and abundant life in and through Him. Now, if you're here today and you go, man, what all does the abundant life really consist of? Let me kind of give you an idea that literally the God who is wanting us to enjoy a life that's full of joy and that's full of peace, that he wants us to have a life that's full of hope and fulfillment, that he wants us to have a life that's full of love and acceptance, that's full of God's power and his presence, and also that's full of his blessings and his favor and a whole lot more. Now, listen, I don't know about you, but I don't know anybody in the right mind who wouldn't say, man, I want a life like that. Can I hear an amen? amen. Yes. So listen, but with that said, I, and I don't want you to miss this, we need to understand that when it comes to this verse, John 10, 10, there's actually an unchanging principle behind this truth. If you can, jot this down, but this is the unchanging principle is that the abundant life is only accessible by the Spirit. That the abundant life is only accessible by the Spirit. So gang, it cannot, it will not ever be obtained in any other way. In other words, it cannot be obtained by the flesh. Yes, meaning this, that if you and I want to have God's abundant life flowing freely in our lives, then all we have to do, and I know I'm saying this in a really simple way, but really all we have to do is to decide to walk according to the Spirit, which is found in the new nature that we have in Christ Jesus, and all we have to do is walk by the leading of the Holy Spirit, right? But this also means the opposite is true. That if we actually want to dam up, if we want to stop the abundant life, if we want to stop God's joy, His peace, His presence, His favor from flowing in our lives, then all we have to do is, is to decide to live according to the desires and the lust of our flesh. Now listen, I don't know uh, what's running through your mind right now, but I think we can hear all of that and we can hear it kind of maybe in two different ways. And the first one is this, is we can either think about all of that and begin to believe and think and focus on all of our struggles in the flesh. Right? Listen, like there's not a single person in this room that doesn't struggle with your flesh in some area. Right? And so I think sometimes if we focus too much on our struggles in our flesh, what happens is, is we become discouraged and we actually begin to believe that there's no way that we'll get to experience the abundant life that God really has for us. 
Or we can do the second option. We can choose to believe what the Apostle Paul told us in Romans chapter 8. And so what I actually want to do today is I want to give you a handful of verses, uh, mainly out of Romans 8, but I want you to see what God has promised you. And I hope today in the name of Jesus that as you hear these verses that faith will fill your hearts and you'll say, yes, that's the kind of life that I can live in God. Amen? Amen. So listen, let's look at Romans chapter 8, verses 1 and 2. It says this. It says, therefore, there is now no condemnation, no guilty verdict, no punishment for those who are in Christ Jesus, who believe in him as personal Lord and Savior. How many of you guys know that's good news? Amen. Amen. Then it says in verse two, and this is our uh, maybe our key verse for the day. It says, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me or has set me free from the law of sin and death. I want to read that again. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me or set me free from the law of sin and death. Now, listen, I don't know what you're thinking here, but uh, I know the first time I read that, I, I literally was like, man, what in the world does that even mean? Like, right? So let me maybe take a moment, a few seconds here, and give you an illustration to hope uh, lay this out. Hopefully it'll explain a little bit so you can see actually what God has done for you. So here's the illustration. So when we read history, history tells us that in the late 1600s that there was a man named Sir Isaac Newton. And Sir Isaac Newton, he discovered the law of gravity, as most of us know in this room. And so in, in layman's term, uh, gravity is simply this. Gravity is the attractive force or the pull the earth exerts on any object on or near its surface. Now, let me see if I can give you that in more simple terms. So when Jennifer and I actually climbed East Temple Peak this past summer in Wyoming, uh, we obviously hiked up to the top of this mountain. And as we stood at 12,605 feet, uh, one of our fellow team members, one of our fellow hikers decided to crawl to the side of a sheer cliff. And he hung out over it and he held a rock and he dropped the rock. And a group of them started counting one, two, three, four, and they got to 12 and the thing hit the ground, right? And so, listen, what caused that rock when, they, when that guy let it go? Well, you know, what caused the rock to drop to the ground other than just kind of hover in the air? It was the law of gravity or the gravitational pull of the earth, all right? Now, fast forward 100 years, there was this other guy. Basically, after Newton's discovery, there was another guy uh, that was a uh, physicist and a mathematician in the late 1700s, and he discovered uh, basically this, the law of lift. That guy's name was uh, Daniel uh, Bernoulli, okay? So he discovered the law of lift. Now, without going into uh, great terms, if you, you know, difficult terms, if you want to maybe understand it better, better ask Tommy later, but basically it's simply this, it's how an airplane flies, Okay, that's the best as I can give you. And, and basically, you know, if we can look and go, man, how in the world did Jennifer and I end up in Wyoming? How do we get from Maine to Wyoming? Pretty simple. We boarded a plane, right? We went, we found our seat, we sat down, we put on our seatbelt, pulled the strap, right? And we listened to the stewardess begin to talk, and then that's where the fun began, right? Because at some point in the front cabin, obviously the pilot got to hear from the flight tower, they said, what? Hey, uh, buddy, you, you got to clear for takeoff, right? And so what do you do? He began to apply the power or the thrust 
caused the engines on the plane to uh, speed up the plane so it rushed down the runway. And once the plane had built up enough speed, he gently pulled back on the controls and the plane took off, right? And as it did, an incredible thing happened. The plane actually broke free from the law of gravity by the law of lift and we began to fly in the air. That's as simple as I can give it, right? So watch this. Likewise, let's go back to Romans 8. What is Paul saying? He's saying that basically that's exactly what the law of the spirit of life, the law of lift, if you will, did for us in regard to the law of sin and death or the law of gravity. Here's the idea. Is that basically before you and I knew Jesus, we were bound by the law of sin and death, right? Therefore, we were always being pulled down by a gravitational pull into our uh, into our old sin nature, right? That's why sinning was as natural as breathing, right? It was easy to lie. It was easy to lust. It was easy to get angry and fly off the handle. Whatever your, your problem was, whatever, it was really easy. Yes? yes? Absolutely. But listen, the moment that we gave our lives to Jesus, the power of the law of the spirit of life set us free from the law of sin and death. And here's how. Basically, this occurred because the Holy Spirit who is the spirit of grace, who is the spirit of life, stepped into our life and empowered us or enabled us to rise above the influence or the pull of our old nature. What, so that we could what? Now that we can live according to the new nature, which is in Christ. Listen, that's why when you, if you really got born again, that's why when you went to go do things that you used to do that were really natural for you, that you can no longer do them. Right? In other words, uh, I still remember, basically, I had a very foul mouth right before I got saved. And I can still remember the last time I said one word in particular. And I remember when I said it because I had went, Jesus, could you come save me? And when I said it, man, it was like I got halfway through and, man, everything inside of me just screamed. It was like somebody pulled up the e-brake. Right? It's like when, you know, where it'd be easy to go lie before to get yourself out of jam. You know, there, there was conviction now. I couldn't do that. Why? Because once it was natural to sin, now it was natural to be more like Jesus. Am I making sense to you guys? Now, now, please understand something today. That you and I did not break free from the law of sin and death by our own willpower. Right, rather, the Holy Spirit right, empowered us to live and to think differently than we did before. So what I want you to understand today, really, what is still impossible with man is still possible with God. Amen. So listen, listen to what Paul said seven verses later, Romans 8, verse 9. He said this. Let me give you some encouragement today. He said, but you are not controlled. You are not led by your sinful nature. Like, in other words, quit blaming the flesh. Right? You are no longer controlled or led by your sinful nature. You are controlled or you are led by the Spirit if you have the Spirit of God living in you. That's great news. All right, let's go back to our illustration about an airplane and let me uh, just show you one more thing out of this. So Jen and I were flying somewhere above 30,000 feet, right? And let's just say that the pilot decided, you know, I'm, I'm done flying. I've had enough of the day, you know, right? And so he just decides to turn off the engines. Now, what would happen? We, we, would, we would cruise off momentum for a brief moment, but, but shortly after when our momentum wears off, what happens? The plane is going to rapidly fall to the ground like that rock that was dropped off the side of that cliff, and we're going to go to our sure death, right? So here's my point. It's simply this, is that uh, because 
Let me say this. While the law of lift might have freed us from the control of the law of gravity for a while, it never did away with gravity itself. That's why we fell. So listen, it only removed its influence from our lives while we were operating under the law of lift. What does that mean for you and I? It means this, that just like the law of gravity doesn't cease to exist because of the law of lift, neither does the law of sin and death cease to exist when we choose to live by the law of the spirit of life. So here's what that should tell us, gang, is this, is that if a believer, you and I, if we actually decide to repeatedly ignore the Holy Spirit's promptings in our life, now, now, let me be clear. That could be, yes, of, of doing something we shouldn't do, quote-unquote sin, right? But it could simply be this, because we've all done it before. We've all had times where the Holy Spirit prompted us to come be with Him. Man, come and pray. Man, you need to read the Bible today. You, you need to do this today. We've all had promptings in the relationship matter. And so, listen, but, but what happens is, is after we, uh, you know, Basically, how can I say this? That we, that we ignore those promptings. If Yes, it's the lust and desires of our flesh, but also it can be just pure laziness, right? Before, before too long, the law of sin and death will begin to pull on us until our flesh, not our spirit, becomes a controlling factor or the main influencer in our lives again. That's why so many believers live a life that looks like this with Jesus. Right? Because they'll lock into the spirit of life, and God will do some incredible things. And what happens is, is most of us get to this top spot and we get comfortable. Things are going well. Man, it's incredible. And then we get lax. And then we drop to the bottom again. And then we dig ourselves up out of it again. And so, is that true? Yeah. Yes. Okay. So let me give you another verse here. Because this is why Paul actually said this. Uh, once again, we're in the same chapter. We've actually read these verses. But I want us to see it a little bit different this time. Said so this in Romans 8, 5, 6. says, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. Now remember, this is to believers, right? It says, For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. Yes. Get that. To set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. Remember what we said a few weeks ago. Sin is not so much about right and wrong as it is about life and death, right? So watch this. This brings us back to the full circle where we began because I believe this verse uh, confirms like so many others that the choice is truly ours to make, right? Like will we either choose to set our minds on the law of the Spirit of life and so God's abundant life can freely flow in our lives or will we damn it up, stop it, right? Once again, will we stop the abundant life flowing in our lives because we choose to set our minds on the law of sin and death? Let me give you an example here that I think we can all relate to. Now, the reason I want to give you, to give you this example is because I want you to see um, why, why when we focus on something, if it needs to be flesh or spirit, of why it is so significant. All right, so let me, let me just say it this way. For all of you guys that are married in this room, I, just, I simply have a news flash for you today. It's going to surprise you, I know, but it's a news flash. And, uh, and I don't want to be the one that uh, breaks this to you, but I'm going to have to be the guy that breaks it to you. But, but simply this, did you know that your spouse is not perfect? Right? Sorry, babe. Right? Like, like, listen, I, listen, I know that may become a complete shock to some of you, but man, they're not. Okay? Now, obviously, I'm being stupid here. But, but listen, th there's, there's the thing is this, is that if we realize or not, 
that knowledge that our spouse isn't perfect really leaves us with a choice that will affect our marriage greatly. Now, here's the choice, and I've done it both ways in my life, and I can tell you that it affects the marriage greatly, all right? So we can either do this. We can either choose to focus or set our mind on all of our spouse's weaknesses and shortcomings and all the things that get on our absolute last nerve, right? Or we could choose to focus or set our minds on all of our spouse's strengths, all the wonderful things, uh, you know, their wonderful qualities, all really all the things that make us love them, Right? So, so with that example in mind, listen, which choice do you think is going to produce death in your marriage? And which choice do you think is going to produce life in your marriage? What a no-brainer, right? So, so listen, if that works in our relationship uh, really with our spouse, why wouldn't that work in our relationship with God? Like to think about it for a second, that literally if we actually uh, choose to focus on the things of God rather than the things of this world, I believe there's no doubt that we'd begin to experience God's life uh, more often than not. Right? Now, please understand something here, okay? And I'm going to say this because of some of the backgrounds that some of us have. This isn't, basically this isn't, um, when I say that we begin to experience God's life and God's abundant life more than we ever have before, this isn't because God somehow now changes His heart and His desires for us. You know, so often we're told if we don't do these things, God's angry at us. I want you to understand, God may be displeased with you, but God's a good God. And He is consistent in His desires in His heart towards us, right? That He's a good Papa, and He wants uh, basically what's best for our lives. Amen? So while, while our decisions and our choices don't change God's heart towards us, what it does do is it changes our position to receive from God. So listen, if you keep reading in Romans 8, you'll find out that you can actually set yourself as an enemy to God and be opposed to God because you're opposed to His ways and you want to live according to your flesh. But listen, but the, it goes on to say that if we choose to come in agreement or in unity with Him by walking in the Spirit, that that is where the blessings begin to flow. Now, how many of you guys rather have blessings than death? Yeah, yeah five of us. Amen. Amen. So good. All right, so let's shift gears because what I want to do is I actually want to show you why the things we choose to focus on are so important. And, and it's at this point, listen, we, we've talked about the spirit and the flesh a whole bit, but, but I actually want to bring in the third part, which is extremely critical of our triune or, or basically our three-part being, and that is this. I want to talk about our soul for a moment, okay? Now, remember, our soul is our mind, it's our will, and it's our emotions. Or we can say that our soul is the part of us that gives us the ability to think, right? The ability to choose right and wrong, and the ability to feel, right? To express those emotions. So, with that said, I want to hit rewind, go back to a verse that we looked at last week. It's uh, Galatians 5.17. I want to read this so we can kind of prove a few points here. It says this, it says, For the flesh desires... What is contrary to the Spirit? How many of y'all know that's really true? Yeah. yeah, let me say it again for y'all that weren't listening. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit. Yeah. This is, and the Spirit, what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict or they are at war with each other. Now, I want you to notice that Paul uh, mentioned nothing of the soul there. All he talked about was basically the flesh is contrary to the Spirit, Spirit is contrary to the flesh. Now, why is that the case? Like, why, why didn't he bring up our soul? This is huge. Please don't miss this. The reason he said nothing about our soul and that tug of war that's going on is because of this. It's because our souls were actually designed by God in his divine order, right? 
to follow or to be influenced by either our flesh or our spirit, depending on which one we choose to, that we literally choose to allow to lead us. So if we choose to follow the flesh, our soul's going to follow along in a fleshly manner. And our, and our mind, our will, and our emotions will respond in fleshly ways. If we literally choose to follow the Spirit, our mind, and will, and emotions will, will decide to respond in spiritual ways. Yes? So listen, going back once again, here's the two verses that we read earlier. Romans 8. Here we go. Romans 8, 15. I got ahead of myself a little bit earlier. So Romans 8, 15 says this. says, those who live according to the flesh have their what? Their minds. That's where, once again, our soul, right? Have their soul set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds or have their souls set on what the Spirit desires. You see, once again, our soul is going to be influenced or follow either the appetites, the lust, the pride, the selfishness, and all those other traits of our fallen nature, or we'll draw upon the strength of our new nature, which is from the Holy Spirit, right? And begin to live by that. So if you can't think about it this way, all right, I'm pick on our, we, we actually have bookends here with the same name, all right? So here we go. Let's say they're the same guy. Let's say that Steve leaves here today and he decides for the next week, you know what, I'm going to watch the news literally from 5 o'clock in the afternoon to 10 o'clock every night. Pick a channel, doesn't matter. I know you have your preference. But, but here's the thing that literally goes, I'm just going to watch the news for five hours every night this week. I'm going to consume myself with what they're saying on TV. How many of you guys know they repeat themselves so much he may be able to quote it all for us <laughs> next Sunday, right? So watch this. But this Steve... Besides, you know what, I'm going to go home today and I'm going to pray and I'm going to read my Bible from 5 o'clock to 10 o'clock for the next seven days. So this guy watches the news. This guy watches God's Word. Okay? Now, let me ask you a question. Do you think there's any chance that these guys will be on the inside uh, in different places in a week? Oh, absolutely, right? Like, like, listen, if this was me, if I was the Steve that went and watched, you know, the news for five hours today, I'd be ready to run through a wall, right? Because I'd be so ticked off and so angry, so disgusted. I'd be so frustrated, right? My emotions would be a mess. My motives would not be good, right? My thoughts wouldn't be good. Are you, you following me? My decisions would not be good, right? I would say things that I do not need to say. Yes. Listen, my wife knows. All right, here we go. But guess what? If I took this route, right, and guess what's going to happen in my mind? Man, it's going to be in perfect peace. Yep. Right? Because I'm going to know who's in control. Right? I'm going to know God's heart, God's plan, God's purpose. I'm going to know what He's doing. Right? There's going to be something so different inside of me. Right? Inside of Him. True or not true? Right? So, so listen, when it comes to uh, the thoughts he's having, they're going to be a whole lot better than that guy's thoughts. Right? When it comes to his emotions, they're going to be a whole lot better than that guy's emotions. Right? When it comes to the things of decisions he wants to make, they're going to be a whole lot more pure than that guy's. Is that right or wrong? So listen, let me give you another example, okay? And, and this isn't to pick on anybody. This isn't to make anybody look bad. It's just to simply prove a point, Okay? I would say if you take all the people who have literally been paralyzed in fear, okay, over the last months, I would say they've spent more time here than they've spent here. Yes? In fact, I believe it's impossible to walk in fear when you live here. 
Right? Because God doesn't give us a spirit of fear. Amen? Amen. So, let's look once again at what Paul said in Romans 8, 5, 6. Kind of with that in mind. Watch this. He says, those who are dominated. Would you say he was dominated? Yeah, would you say he was dominated? Yes, watch this. It says, those who are dominated by the sinful nature. Please do yourself a favor and don't think about sin as simply as, as basically guys who, uh, you know, whatever. People that just go have sex, people who lie. People, man, listen, it's anything that's, not, that's contrary to the kingdom. I'll say it that way, okay? So those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. It says, so letting your sinful nature control your mind or control your soul leads to what? Death. Somebody say death. death. It says, but letting the Spirit control your mind or your soul leads to life and peace. Once again, I repeat, it is not about what's right and wrong as much as it is about life and death. And I would, I would, me personally, would rather have life. Amen? All right, let's shift gears one more time. Two weeks ago, we talked extensively about how our spirit instantaneously became a new creation when we, when we were born again. Is that right? Listen, but like we said last week, we said this, that just because our spirits were instantaneously made new as salvation, it doesn't mean that our souls and our bodies were. So look at it like this way. If, if our souls were made perfect, then could it be possible that, guess what, we wouldn't have any problems in our marriage, wouldn't have any problem in our families, wouldn't have any problem in the church, we wouldn't have any problems with anywhere we went. Because why? Because we would be made perfect in our soul. So our, our emotions would be perfect, our thoughts would be perfect, our decision making would be perfect. But how many of you guys know that's not the case? Great place to say amen, okay? Listen, it's true. So listen, the fact is, is oftentimes uh, we have as many issues as people who don't know Jesus. And that's why we're talking about what we're talking about. Because that should not be the case, amen? So watch this. But the reality is, is that even though our soul wasn't made new, it doesn't mean that God didn't have a plan for our soul. Right. In fact, the opposite is true because the moment that you and I became a child of God, the process, somebody say process, process. the process of our soul salvation began. Let me show you what, that this is true because I want to show you what James said in chapter 1, verse 19, 21 and 22. He said this, Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. So he's talking to us here, right? Fast forward to verse 21. He says, so get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives. He said, and humbly accept what? The word God has planted in your hearts. For it has the power to save or to restore your souls. This says in verse 22, but don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Get that. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourself. All right. So with that, those two verses there, mainly 21, 22 in mind, I want to give you a few thoughts and we'll land this thing. Thought number one is this. Is I want you to notice that James, what James said, or James said that we need to humbly accept the word God has planted in our hearts. Now, I don't know what you think about when you read that, but that tells me this, is that we can actually hear God's Word, whether it be by us reading the Bible, listening to sermons or podcasts or reading Christian books and so on, and still not accept 
the Word of God and for what it actually says in our hearts. Yes? So you see, it's this. We, can, we actually have a choice that we can ignore the Word of God. We can blow off the Word of God. Uh, we can just go through the motions every week. Or we can come in here, we can simply say this. That's not for me, that's for that guy. Like how many couples have sat here and said, man, I'm so glad he's preaching that because my husband needs to hear that. <laughs> right? Listen, I want you to know that if you've done any of those things, if you have not opened up your heart in faith and with hunger and received the word of God, sooner than later, it is possible, gets this, that sooner than later that we will begin to feel the influence of the world creeping in. Right? So much so that we'll begin to conform to the customs and the ways of this world. How do we form to the customs and the ways of the world? By the way we think, right? By what we say, by what we are feeling, and by what we are desiring. In fact, it is exactly as the Old Testament says, it's in those moments where we begin to focus so much on the Word, we blow off God, that what happens is, is He actually sins and there's a leanness in our souls. Right? But like, let's shoot straight here today. Like I can tell you every time, right? Like all of us have things we fight and struggle with. And I can tell you the little list of things that I struggle with. And I can tell you that when I find myself being pulled by those things, it's always because I haven't focused on the law of spirit of life. Every single time. In other words, it's this. Let me make it plain. It's because I've been praying like I know I should. I haven't been reading the Bible like I know I should. I haven't been having private worship time with the Lord like I should. I've just been caught up and busy running and doing ministry and doing this point and that point. At this point, what happens is, is I find myself, when everything's kind of done for the day, I find myself struggling in issues, right? I find myself wanting to, instead of uh, show the compassion of God, I want to show the fivefold ministry of God. <laughs> Right? Like I get frustrated with people a whole lot easier, right? Because love and compassion is not flowing. But there's times where I'm really with God, man. All of that's really easy. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Amen. So listen, but watch this. But on the other hand, once again, there's always polar opposites here, right? Is that when we actually begin to open up our hearts completely to hear the Word of God in faith and in hunger... It's huge, right? That when we actually come with faith and we come with hunger, what happens is, is we hear the Word of God and this doorway opens up, right? And literally that our spirit begins to influence our soul in a positive way. Amen? So this influence really allows us to hear the instructions and the leading of the Holy Spirit better. Which means this, that we will actually find ourselves, guys, when we're into the Spirit, that we're literally thinking clear, we're seeing clear, and overall we're feeling more confident and more empowered to live according to the new nature. Is that true? Yes. Let me give you the second thought here. I also once noticed that James called the Bible the implanted Word of God. The implanted Word. Word of God. Now that may not seem like much to you, but I believe it's significant. And here's why it's significant. Because when God actually plants His Word down deep inside of us like a seed, because the Bible says it is an incorruptible seed, right? When that's inside of us, it tells us this, that God always, please don't miss this, especially if you're young in this room, God always changes us from the inside out. Okay, whereas the enemy always tries to change us from the outside in. In other words, you can tell what's, what's basically what's moving from God and what's moving from the devil. It helps you discern because the enemy comes and he always tempts you by the things that you can see, by the things you can hear, by the things you smell and touch and taste. It's always the outside trying to get its way to the inside. 
right? But God, when you plant His Word, is He begins to work on the inside and He begins to shine His light. He begins to point out things. And what happens is the change ultimately happens in here first and then it goes outward and people begin to notice. Yes. Amen? So listen, this should tell us this, that as we are faithful to put God's Word into our spirits... Right? And by faith, God's seed will begin to grow inside of us and it'll begin to produce God's abundant life where? In our souls. In other words, we'll see the abundant life flow in our thoughts, the abundant life flow in our decisions, the abundant life flow in our emotions. Listen, if you want to be a train wreck, go be a train wreck and ignore everything I'm saying. But if you want to enjoy life, man, listen to what I'm saying. Amen? Listen when, when, listen, when it comes to the Word of God, hear what Jesus said. And this is why it produces what it produces in our lives. It says in John 6, 63, it said, It is the Spirit who gives life. And it says this powerful thing, The flesh profits nothing. I've never had a moment where I lost my mind with my wife and acted like an idiot and it profited me something. Right? Listen, I've never stood in front of my TV and screamed at the Alabama defense, right, in a football game and walked away and went, wow, that profited me something greatly. <laughs> yes? Isn't it amazing? I literally have to tell myself repeatedly, I'm getting it in my thick skull because I'm a competitive dude. I have to tell myself this, this means nothing in eternity. <laughs> now listen, getting old, fat, and slow helps with that. Okay? I'm not what I once was. But, but the fact is, it's simply this, man. The flesh profits nothing. But watch what he said. He said the words. The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. So if we can, with all those thoughts in mind, listen, if I could just kind of plead with you today, whatever you do, please don't fall into the trap and start underestimating the Word of God in our lives. Literally, by, by thinking, it's just a bunch of good ideas, just a bunch of good suggestions. But man, on the contrary, let's go back to James. It truly has the power to save, to restore, to transform your souls. Amen. So listen, there's not a wound inside of you that that word cannot heal. There's not a bit of wrong thinking that that word can't fix. There's not a wrong emotion that word cannot fix if you let it. Amen? So how does he restore it? How does he want to bring us back to the original intent of the way he created us to be where we actually get to walk with him and enjoy life? Look at Romans chapter 12 with me if you can. Last verse and we'll be done. He said this, Beloved friends, what should be our response to God's marvelous mercies? Let me put it to you like this. Paul is saying, I just spent 11 chapters telling you everything that Jesus did for you. Now we're here. What's your response? Okay. He said, I encourage you to surrender yourselves to God to be His sacred living sacrifices and live in holiness, experiencing all that delights His heart, not yours. For this becomes your genuine expression of worship. Stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you. Guys, it's not good. Right? He said this, but be where? Outwardly? No, 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 no. He said, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you what? Think. Look, most translations, and we have it there, say it this way, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I'm going to add, but be transformed by the renewing of your souls. 
Now listen what he said when your soul actually begins to be restored and transformed by God. It says basically this, this will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. Once again, who would not want that? All right, so here's the point that Paul is making. He's saying that our soul is transformed once again. It is renewed or restored or it is changed. How? By him changing the way we think. Amen? So watch this. This means as we dive into the Word of God with a hungry heart, heart full of faith, right? As we begin to flood our spirit man with the Word of God, which ultimately opens up the doorway, influences our soul, influences our mind. What happens is, is basically when we do that with all the things that God says, and, and don't miss this, and we actually begin to obey it. Like if you don't obey it, it's not going to help you. Okay, it'll stop there. You'll just be somebody that's religious and can regurgitate a thousand scriptures. Good for you. Okay, but we need to live it. Amen. So we hear it and we obey the word of God by applying it to our lives. What happens is when that happens, we inevitably begin to think about God. We think about ourselves. We think about others, even our imperfect spouse. Right. And our situations differently. Right? That literally our decisions and our reason for living will change. That our emotions will even change. That's good news. Right? That literally if you can understand there's not a single area once again in your life that will not be affected by the Word of God. Literally every part of your soul will be affected if you allow the Word of God to speak loud and clear. Amen? All right. so let me close with a final word just to encourage you. So clearly as we read what James said and what Paul said, we find that both of them emphasize once again the planting and the obedience of the Word of God is God's process of our soul's salvation. Yes, of our soul's restoration, whatever word you want to use, which tells us this, that our soul is the only part of our being, please don't miss this, that our soul is the only part of our being in which we can determine the rate of its salvation and restoration. You'll get that. Listen, this is the part that he has said, you know what? I'm putting it in your hands. Listen, you get to determine the rate or the speed at which you grow and you get healthy and whole. So here's the thing. It's actually we have the ability or the inability, depending on us, to hear God's word, to believe God's word and to apply God's word. And once again, we can either speed it up or we can slow it down. It's up to you. But this is why, listen, if I can just say this. This is why you've seen people who are saved three years and they're just like, and then you find people who've been in the church for 40 years and they're still down there. That guy's three years. He surpassed them, you know, two years ago. Why? Because they determine at the rate. Listen, as a church, we cannot fall into the thing where the word of God becomes common. Right? It's just, whatever. It's just the worst. Just the Bible. I have 15 of them just like it at home. In fact, I got all the translations. We need to value the Word of God. Amen? Amen. So listen, I just think this, that if we can actually value and not neglect the Word, right, then we'll begin to find ourselves uh, no longer wondering, why can't, you know, why can't I live a successful Christian life? Like we'll find ourselves, we're, we're done wondering why does our flesh continue to dominate our thoughts, our decisions, and our emotions. We'll no longer find ourselves wondering, man, why in the world do people, people's lives in the Bible look so different than mine? 
Because once again, these guys did what the Word said, and so many of us don't. Amen? Amen. I don't say that to beat anybody up, but man, it's, it's this. If, here, if here's an actual prayer today, in fact, we'll land here, is God help us be consistent in this area. Because listen, I, I know that everybody in this room wants to love the Lord with all your heart. I know that, confidently know that. But it's consistency that gets us, or the lack of it. Amen. So can I pray for you today? Amen. Father, I thank you for every person that's here. Jesus, I thank you so much for their heart. God, I know every person in this room says, Lord, they really want you and they want your heart and, and your abundant life in them. And so, Lord, I simply ask, God, that you would help us, God, to be hungry for your word and not just be hungry occasionally, but, Lord, help us be hungry consistently. You're the one that said, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. And God, we want our lives to be filled with your abundant life. Lord, we thank you today that literally whatever we need to shift, whatever we need to change, whatever priorities need to get in place, God, I just ask today for every single one of us, God, that you would help us uh, to schedule, if we have to, times with you. God, that we would value you. We would value our relationship. And God, in doing so, we would say yes to the spirit of life and we'd say no to literally the law of sin and death. And so, Lord, today, would you help us to uh, literally live by the law of the lift in spirit and not according to the law of gravity. God, would you help us to rise above everything that this flesh is offering, everything that this world is offering, and you'd help us to live uh, according to what heaven is offering. We ask you this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram for encouragement in your walk with God and to receive updates on events happening at The Anchor. Have a great week and God bless.